And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Well, our guest today is Michael Rababi. He's uh, from Los Angeles. Actually, though, he's originally from Cleveland, Ohio, which is why he's on here. That's the only reason. No, I'm just kidding. I'm pulling his leg. <laughs> Michael, um, I, I met Michael in the, uh, he was in the Los Angeles Center for Photography, uh, the uh, photographer, or Street Photography Awards. He took second place. Um, hopefully he'll allow us to put that photo in the, uh, in the article. It's, it's, it's already published. It's uh, published in our May issue, uh, along with all the winners and finalists in the LACP contest. Uh, anyway, so Michael is a photographer. He's a curator. Uh, he recently curated a really cool book, we're gonna, which we're going to talk about. And um, rambled on long enough. Michael, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Ah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and yeah, please use the photo. I'll take all the press I could get. Good. Yeah, I already have it too. So it makes it easy. <laughs> that I won't even ask, have to ask you to send it to me. Right. So yeah, Michael. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's quite a guy out there in LA. He's uh, working the television industry and uh, prolific photographer, writer. You name it. He's a he is a Renaissance man. So before we get into things, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and particular how you got into photography? Yeah, so born in Ohio, uh, Parma, which is just outside of Cleveland, and then the family moved west to San Diego when I was about 10. So I grew up in uh, North County, San Diego, which is where I am right now, actually, with family. My family's still here. So I, I split my time between San Diego and Los Angeles, but I've been in Los Angeles since the mid-90s. And um, yeah, you know, I studied at the University of San Diego. During that time, I was lucky enough to study abroad in Florence, Italy for a semester, and that's when I really fell in love with photography. And I ended up becoming an art history major. And um, I, yeah, I had a really great professor there uh, who, you know, we got along pretty well. He gave me the keys to the dark room. So I'd just do these romantic all-nighters, you know, just totally geeking out over getting a print perfect and coming out and watching the sunrise and then just going to class. You know, at that age, you don't need to sleep. So, you know, <laughs> uh, really just fell in love with black and white photography then. And 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 ever since then, I, before then, I had always wanted to go into film. I've always wanted to direct. Um, I ended up studying art history in college because I really viewed um, film as an art, more of an art than a business. And I really wanted to see what artists had to endure over their lifetime. And and just being having the opportunity to look at great art over the centuries and seeing what it really takes to make a, an image that that lasts, that, that stands the test of time. So um, it was a re really great background. And you know, moved to Los Angeles, uh, made some films, wrote a bunch of scripts. I always felt like I was a year away from directing my, my big indie feature, uh, but, you know, things always take longer. Orson Welles, I keep saying this, Orson Welles says that a painter needs a brush, a writer, a pen, and a filmmaker needs an army. You know, when, when you're younger, you have friends who, can, you know, you can get to come and help you out for free, but as you get older, they have jobs and kids and relationships, so it's a lot, little harder. So, so, you know, as I was, you know, trying to make films, I would just grab my camera and go out and make photographs all, you know, my whole life. That's kind of what I always did. And there was this, this wonderful, you know, way to just be creative without getting notes or having to raise a lot of money or getting the, getting the perfect script together or, you know, doing this huge long project. I could just grab my camera and, 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 and make work. And I, I tend to gravitate more towards documentary work. So I always had subjects in front of me and, and, um, 
and yeah, I've always been, I've always been making photos going, you know, back to my, my late teens and, um, just kind of really did it on my own. And then I, uh, I was able to do my first book, American Bachelor, uh, in my early thirties, which was, a uh, you know, really like a, a Valentine to my, to my twenties and, you know, my, the, the time, you know, I documented the time for, of a bachelor's life between living with his parents and marriage. And I was really inspired by Bill Owen's Suburbia. I got to meet him and uh, he was a really generous guy. We, we met a few times and, and, and I, I love his use of um, uh, little excerpts from interviews where he gets first person accounts paired with uh, images of the subjects. So, I, so I, I basically copied that and went with that. A lot of other people do that as well. But um, yeah, so that's, uh, that was my first book, America Bachelor, which did, did pretty well. Uh, we did 4,000 copies of that book and it sold sold pretty well at Urban Outfitters, American Apparel, it made it into like a lot of museum bookstores. And that, that really kind of got me into publishing. And, um, and I, really like, I really like doing books because as a photographer, we're able to replicate our work uh, pretty fairly accurately. You know, it's not the same as a beautiful fine art print that you, you, know, that you spend a lot of time that's on beautiful paper and you know, the contrast and the, the detail is, uh, is, is gonna be much different than, than the printing process with the book. But, you know, as opposed to sculptors or painters or other artists or certainly performing artists, you know, photographers are able to get their work out and be able to tell a pretty full story, you know, in an accessible form that could get out that, that they could get out to a wider audience. So, so I've always loved doing books. Uh, American Bachelor was all 35 millimeter film. Uh, I switched to digital in 2007 when I made a short film where I tell a story um, with, of a man and a woman falling in and out of love through black and white still photos and uh, it's a small 10 minute film and it's set to, uh, yeah, thank you, still lives. It's set to um, music by Satie and Ravel, just classical piano music. And they would have cost me, basically the amount of money it would have cost me just to pay for the film and processing paid for my digital camera. So I, uh, I've always been a Nikon you know, guy. So I, that was when I first switched to digital. Um, and it's interesting how that's kind of changed how I do books now because you know when we did American Bachelor, we sent... I had to go through, pull all my negatives. I sent negatives and prints to Korea where we had the book printed and just hope that it came out all right. I, 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 looking back, I would have liked to, have, I, I should have gone to Korea. It's, I recommend for anyone doing a book, it's, if you have the opportunity to be, on, to be on press, absolutely you know, do it if you have that luxury because uh, you're able to, you, they're your babies and you want to make sure that they come out exactly to your specs. And um and yeah, and so so then I switched to digital, and now I'm able to work a lot faster too because the editing process. I'm able to do everything on my computer through InDesign. Um, so I could keep going. I don't want to. I had some coffee today, as you could tell. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Must be some good coffee. I could I couldn't have that right now because it's almost six o'clock our time. I, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> uh, I'm living on the edge over here. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I've got to ask you a question. Something I noticed in, on your website, um, in your bio, you know, you said your two greatest influences are Cartier-Bresson, which makes total sense, and Toulouse-Lautrec. So why, what, how, is, how did Lautrec influence you? The, 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 bars watching, <laughs> watching, uh, can-can dancers, uh, what do you, uh, Definitely the, the, um, his like interpretation of life, his loose style, yet I think it's, it's, it's beautifully artistically done. And, uh, just the fact that he was doing stuff differently and almost created, 
like created a style that people reference as being of that time, you know, but mm-hmm. no one else was really doing that. But really, probably just just the mood and the vibe, the looseness. Um, and the nightlife, I'm, uh, you know, when you're in your twenties, you're going out like, you know, every night of the week, and I'm more of an extrovert. I love going out. So there, there, there's that element to it. So the subject matter on that level, just going out, uh, night photography. I love, I love sh- the way that light falls, um, on subjects mm-hmm. at night. And I'm just very interested in that. Uh, so yeah, that, and then, um, Cartier-Bresson, uh, as I mentioned yeah. in the California love book that just came out in the, in the intro, um, one of the first uh, memories I have of get, falling in love with photography is going, you know, I was in college in San Diego and I'd go to Balboa Park where there's, we have the Museum of Photographic Arts and they had a bookstore there. And um, or at the time, the bookstore, uh, I bought a little book of Cartier-Bresson's work and he has a photo of uh, Rue Mouffetard with a boy carrying these two large magnums of wine. Uh, they, they look really huge because he's a, obviously a small kid. And just something about, something in that image just captures I felt like I was transported to being in Paris at another time. And there was just something about that. And I think great art can really transport you. And, um, and, and, and then all, really all of his work. I mean, and, and again, he has, uh, he's just able to capture mood. Uh, both of the Henri's are able to capture mood in a way that, uh, uh, that, that really grabs me. And I think in my work, I could honestly say that one of the things that I'm most interested in is, cap- is really capturing emotion. Uh, that's the work that I tend to curate in my shows, and that's the work that I tend to value of my own. So yeah, I would say that. Well, thanks for that. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself, And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. Okay, so you're a curator. You've done more than curate a book. And so what do you mean? I mean, uh, we're curators too, since we're we're publishers, but uh, so what do you do as a curator? So I'm probably being a social person. I'm always uh, bugging people and asking questions. And, and, you know, like whenever I see something, you know, I come across anything, you know, on the internet or in the past, it'd be like coming across a postcard or pulling clip art out of a magazine. You know, I'm always, and I'm a collector too. So I guess I'm always collecting things. And mm-hmm. I started curating, um, uh, I've curated a couple shows. And then there's a, there's a gallery downtown Los Angeles called the Hive Gallery and Studios. And they've been around for a little over 15 years now. And um, Nathan Cartwright, who's a sculptor in his own right, amazing sculptor, uh, tapped me to do, to be the photo curator about uh, eight years ago. So, so I've been curating photography shows kind of officially with him. And through that, met you know, I'm able to meet a lot of people, and I really, I really feel like looking at a lot of work and, you know, forcing yourself to be critical. You know, photographers, it's hard for them to even uh, pick. You know, I'll, I'll tell them what the theme is, and some of them will send me, you know, two, three hundred, want to send me two, three hundred images or more. You know, so it's hard for a lot of photographers to narrow down their work. But I feel like the the, the curatorial and the editing process has really sharpened my 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 vision. 
and mm-hmm. and my voice as an artist as well. So I, I would recommend to anybody if, if they have it in them um, to really try their hands at curating or, or editing. The editing process has been um, as important as going out and shooting, I would say. Leading up to 2020, I knew you know it was going to be an election year, and I knew it was going to be on a lot of people's minds, and it was going to be fairly contentious. So uh, I wanted to do a show that addressed you know what was happening in, in in the zeitgeist of America. And so rather than being negative, politics could be very negative. I wanted just to focus on the positive. So we had California Love, a visual mixtape, was the show we did at the Hive in 2020, where we celebrate our inclusive, progressive nation state of California. And the show was a real hit. It was a real success. We sold a lot of prints at the opening. We had a packed house. And um, and then a few days later, COVID hit. So we had the lockdowns. And it was kind of a bummer because we weren't able to you know, get a lot of uh, people to come to the show. There's a lot of word of mouth that happens. People see the show and they tell friends about it. So that all went away. So at that point, we switched gears. And, um, and then I, I, I focused on making the book, which I kind of always had in my head. I knew that it could be a good book. Um, so around March when 2020, we started to work on the book, or I started to, to edit, edit the book. And I knew that I wanted it to come out before the election or around the time of the election in November. So I knew that I had a tight deadline. And so there we go. So COVID, uh, this is my COVID baby. California Love of Visual Mixtape was made during COVID. Nine, nine, it ended up being about nine months. It was a, about the same as a baby. It's pretty quick. It's, <laughs> my it's third a beautiful child. book. Oh, beautiful book. And it, it's got photos from, I don't even know how many people, a lot of people. Uh, 100, many, 100, many, 110 photographers. 110 photographers. Were all these photos in this book in the show? No, um, it was inspired by the show, but the same, okay. the same vibe. It's me curating. So I handpick every image. Um, sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a real debate with certain artists you know, they have their idea about what they want to want to present. I have an idea mm-hmm. of, of what the book is going to be. I'm looking at the book in its entirety. Uh, the book is 320 pages. So I have like a lot of um, a, a, a wide range. I don't want to have things repeating too much. I also, you know, want to add uh, tones or flavors that aren't already in the book. So maybe I'm, I'm picking not from the artist's greatest hits, but I'm picking uh, uh, maybe more of like a B-side that, that's still a gem. That I'm that I want to include in the book, so um, yeah. So the, 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 there there were some heated uh, debates about some of the work that went I, in the book, but ultimately I wanted to make sure everybody was happy. Everyone was happy ultimately with with what went in. It, it took some 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 of it took more time than others to, to to make happen. So virtually everything in here has something to do with Los Angeles, right? No, uh, California, and I. Oh, I, just know, California I, in general. All of California. I did make a real effort to represent California. You know, again, I'm from San Diego. Uh, there's work that starts at the border. In fact, south of the border, entering the border is where. Uh, yeah, we have the desert. We have the coast. Obviously, we have Northern California. We have, um, you know, like north northeast uh, of the state. We we I really try to represent as much of, of much of the state as I can. All proceeds for the book benefit the Los Angeles Center of Photography, which is an organization that I really believe in. I'm a member of, and um, I think everybody listening who's a, who's a member who's a, a photographer should consider joining. Uh, they have great workshops. Uh, you could submit your work in, in in exhibits regularly. In fact, including the one you know there was one that you had uh, curated early in the year, which is how we met. Really great organization, but because I'm I'm uh, you know working with the Los Angeles Center of Photography, a lot of people associate the book as being a, 
uh, Los Angeles book. But if you if you flip through the 320 pages, you'll see all of California represented. Yeah, Los Angeles Center for Photography, pretty amazing. Um, Julia Dean, the executive director, is something else. She must be one hell of a teacher because I've met a lot of the street photographers in her street photography course, and they're all just amazing. Um, I don't know how she does it. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Her um, and, and other mentors uh, who were some really great, talented photographers who 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 were teaching and working with uh, you know beginners and, and intermediate photographers to hone their craft and uh, you know uh, expand their wings and work on work on new work and people have developed books through the project and long term documentary series. It's a it's a great organization. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I, I've yet to go there in person. Next time I'm, I'm out that way, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go visit the place now that they're they're in the new place. Yeah, yeah, it's a great location. Unfortunately, uh, as recording as we're recording this, the Delta variant of COVID is kind of spiking, so things yeah. are kind of mixing. Yeah, things are a little tricky right now. But by the time you get here, hopefully, we'll be good. Yeah, I had some friends who were out there last week, and you know they were back to wearing masks everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be safe, you know? Exactly. Um, so when you curate a, um, say, a, an, an exhibition, um, typically, I mean, it could be photographs, it could be artwork or whatever. I mean, typically, how many pieces are in that show? I, I really push Hundreds, it to the limit. Tens? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I really push it. I I I, uh, I consistently have the maximum amount of work that the gallery. Uh, I I make records every year of the maximum amount of work that you could fit on walls. But I, I like <laughs> salon style shows. Like I, I like I I I appreciate minimalism in general as an aesthetic, and 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 it is great to go to like museums and places where you have a lot of white wall. You could really focus on one piece, but but with these shows, I just try to like include as many people as I can, um, and also. Uh, yeah, maybe I enjoyed as a kid going to 31 flavors and having like all these options of ice cream or going into like a snow cone place and having a wall of flavors to choose from. Uh, it's probably, you know, I probably have memories of that, but, but I like going to, you know, it's, as you get older, it, it's, you know, just to, just to get out of the house and you got to drive somewhere and you got to park, you know? Uh, so to go to, I feel like if someone's going to go to one of my shows, I want to give them like a, a big bang for their buck, you know? So like a lot of work and, uh, and, and also, you know, at the end of the day, it's nice to sell some work to help pay the rent for the gallery. So I feel like the more work is available, the more options for, for people. I, I tend to have smaller, you know, I tend to skew. Photographers really like to have larger work because it looks more important. Everything looks good. It's bigger as a photographer. But, but I tend to have work that's not so big so that I can include more work in the gallery because, you know, we have finite space. So, yeah, um, hundreds. When it comes to individual artists, individual photographers, I mean, whether you're in a gallery or a book or whatever, you can only have so many, right? Correct. Yeah, you have to limit it somewhere. How do you get them? How do you get photographers to be okay with, like, taking something out that maybe they really want in or they want to put everything in and you just can't do it? Yeah, you have to manage (laughs) expectations, Uh, you know, and I'm... You have to be careful about what you promise in the beginning. That's a lesson you learn early on, you know, when you're curating. Um, 
And, you know, yeah, just have, just have to be honest. I mean, I, I'm not going to select anybody if I don't like their work. So I, automatically, if I'm even talking to them about being in the show, yeah. they know, you know, they, I like their work. Then it's just a matter of which, you know, which work to include. And, um, you know, sometimes you make concessions. I, I won't put anything in the show that I absolutely don't like. It gets tricky because sometimes people just show up on like the last day with, with, a, with a piece of work that I didn't approve and it's already there framed and there was some lack of communication because I'm dealing with so many artists. Uh, yeah. So that could kind of get tricky. And artists aren't known for, you know, artists are known for being kind of flaky. Some, some artists are, some artists are fantastic. Uh, but, you know, there is a range. Uh, a lot of people like to say that they're artists now too. So that's a whole nother, you know, thing where everyone's a photographer. So if people have a lot of Instagram feeds there that they, they think that they're, that they should be running the gallery. <laughs> so there's, there's that too. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, you just have to be honest with people and, uh, um, and I, I guess just basic people skills too. But yeah, that, that, that does get tricky though. And like I met, like I hinted at before with the book too, there was a, um, you know, three, uh, uh, over 600 images in the book and, um, yeah, each one was handpicked by me, and a lot of a lot of those there was some back and forth about you know uh, debating and negotiating which ones would could go in, which ones work together on the page. So it's tricky. Yeah, six hundred—that's a lot. This is a yeah, it's quite quite a book to go through. It's a, it's well. a big meal. I, I collect photo books. Uh, I, I my 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 shelves are over full. I need to like <laughs> do a redesign or something. Uh, um, uh, I and and at I. I like books that are big meals, and this book is a big meal. When you when you flip through it at the store, it's almost too daunting to look through in one sitting. Like it, you kind of have to go through it two or three times to really to really to really take the whole meal in. And that was done by design. Like I wanted to make a book that was really, you know, just a, a real epic. So, um, yeah. And from what I hear from people, I think uh, I think it delivered. So let's talk about your work. A uh, couple things. How would you describe? your own personal style taste well uh this is a good segue because one of the great things about the california love book and i'm able to be uh i'm able to boast about it and i'm able to talk it up is the fact that it's not all my work so i'm talking up mm -hmm. other people's work and so i'm yeah. allowed to be modest but <laughs> myself, you're in there though i could yeah. uh, i am i am in there i have uh, yeah, yeah um uh, yeah i'm a, a featured in there and yeah my work uh i, I would say definitely uh, uh emotionally charged poetic realism there's a poetry to it uh, I'm really uh, critical. I'm re I, I really am in a composition. Uh, I, I, I'm to the point where I'm probably OCD, where I'm moving things around in my my personal life a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I, there's a certain order to things uh, that I that I that I try to do by positioning myself with street photography, getting in the right place, so that things are positioned in the frame in just the right way, capturing the timing of a moment. Um, so that there's there's a, there's that poetry. I'm looking for emotion. Uh, I'm mostly photographing people because of that, because I'm looking for emotion. Or if I'm shooting something that doesn't have a person in it, there's some sort of emotionality to that image, uh, usually in my work. And um, and uh, and I tend to do more color. Uh, I've I, I have had more than one curator tell me that I should just focus more on my color work. I mean, black and white looks more artistic because we're not used to seeing black and white. We see color every time our eyes are open. Mm -hmm. but, so black and white is more of a different reality. So it seems kind of special in some way. And I love black and white. I, I, I have a lot of black and white. That's part of my greatest hits. But um, but but I do tend to work with color in a way that um, uh, where I'm just seeing in color. So that that kind of maybe is something a little bit different about my work. And I just love to do it. I, I hopefully I really enjoy it. So hopefully 
my sense of enjoyment comes through on some level. But that's not for me to say. We'll see. Well, the book, well, the book, I mean, not just your work, but a lot of people's. I mean, you got a lot of color in there. Of course, California is a very colorful place. Yeah. Maybe I'm drawn to that. Yeah. 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 That's okay. So, um, so you know, you, you're a filmmaker too. And so I've got to ask you, what's your personal favorite film? So it's interesting because, um, you know, I keep a running list. Uh, on IMDb, you can make a list of favorites. And the, the order keeps changing. For a while, it was Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and one of the reasons why that was on there is, you know, that came out in the 1940s and it still resonates with me emotionally and, and not just me, but a lot of other people and work, not just film, but all work that could stand the test of time like that. Uh, to me, that has a lot of value to it. Uh, any work that could stand, because some work, some pop work is really great in the moment, but you, know, you forget about it a couple of years later, 10 sure. years later, 20 years later. Um, and then there's work that's not really discovered at the time, but gets, gets discovered much later. So so that was on there, but you know, uh, when I then I realized that when I was telling people, they just assumed that I was kind of corny. So uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I there 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 are a couple of movies up there. There's a movie called Something Wild. It's a kind of a fairly obscure, more obscure movie by Jonathan Demme from the mid '80s that I just love. Um, I love Moonstruck. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird when you try to like say that one is your favorite because I have like a top twelve that kind of float in there. Um, and and actually, I could give you, I, I could send you the list if you want to, if we want to cut to it later. But uh, I would have to pull it up. Yeah, it, it's it one of those questions where when you when you were thinking about it on the time, do you have a favorite movie? It, I like you. I have a lot. I, I think as a photographer, um, my favorite movie is um, is a Thin Man. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Orson Welles. And uh, sorry, I'm just like rambling here. But uh, I, I, I just love the, the cinema photography in that, in that film. The lighting just blows me away. I, I'm going to have oh, to watch yeah. it again. Yeah. Also yeah. a big fan. All right. I got my, I got my list Caddyshack. Here, so. Caddyshack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Ben Murray. I'm sorry. Always delivers. The, All right, ready? I got my list. Something Wild, okay. Something Wild, Annie Hall, With Nail and I, Harold and Maud, Carnal Knowledge, Moonstruck, Muriel's Wedding, Grand Budapest Hotel, Sexy Beast, It's a Wonderful Life, Raising Arizona, and then I could keep going, 400 Blows, After Hours, <laughs> but uh, it's a big list. Moonstruck, I think, is underrated. That's another one that you think you're corny if you say it, but that movie gets better every time I watch it. That has so much heart, and it's a fantastic film. Love that movie. I'm glad you gave me that list because these are some things I can go back and watch again. Uh, Moonstruck, I haven't seen in ages, and I think I agree with it. It is a great movie. Holds up. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, Big Lebowski. Yeah, I love it. But again, Raising Arizona, like if I had to pick favorite Cohen, yes. like that movie is so incredible. And the 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 the, the two leads, their performance is, is fantastic. And everyone really. Uh, Cohen Brothers. Incredible. Fargo. Yeah, and, and the series Fargo is fantastic too. 
the movie is great. Uh, yeah, they did yeah, such a good job the capturing one. the energy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Love it. All right. So um, your favorite films or favorite film, how does that affect your photography style? Uh, probably just in terms of the, the, the tone and the mood. Uh, like I tend to like dark comedies. So there's comedy, there's something dark, there's a range of emotion. There's not just usually one emotion. Um, I don't really, there aren't any just solid broad comedies, although Step Brothers is a fantastic comedy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I tend to like work that has more of a range of emotion, uh, film as well as work in general. So th that's probably, it. you know, that's probably it. Yeah, if anybody goes to Michael's website, you'll notice right away he's taken portraits of some very famous people. One that really stuck out to me was Christina Hendricks, who who I love. I just I'm a huge fan of uh, of Mad Men, of course, and, and everything else she does. So uh, you know what, what's that all about? I think it was a movie um, struck by lightning. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Mad Men is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's incredible. It's just incredibly uh, incredibly made piece of art that that show yes and yeah exactly. I, I got to it was a it was an independent film um my friend brian was the director uh invited me on set uh, for a couple of days and i got to shoot a lot of celebrities uh, it was an incredible experience um christina hendrix i got to shoot Re rebel wilson um yeah a bunch of celebrities it was a uh, yeah cool indie film he also directed the movie saved which came out a few years ago which a lot of people which i love it's an incredible film also ages very well it's still incredibly relevant to the, uh, today as it was when it came out. Uh, they did a Broadway musical of it too. Um, but yeah, it was a, but that's the thing about living in LA. You know, you, you, uh, you have this opportunity to shoot famous people, to work with famous people. Yeah, ho-hum. You probably see him on the street and at the store all the time, right? <laughs> Christina Hendricks is an absolutely beautiful, stunning woman. Very, very sweet. Uh, uh, she's amazing. Uh, yeah. She, it's it's not hard to photograph her. It's it's not not hard to take a good photograph of her. Yeah. Do you do you find actors are easier to make portraits of because they're so used to posing naturally, or are they harder? I mean, I, I know that's painting everybody with a pretty broad brush, but you know, most yeah, of yeah, you know, I mean, to, it depends. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the person. Uh, certainly, um, you know, if they're if they're open to being photographed at the time, you know, um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the actors, film actors know how to pose for the camera. So they, they know usually which angles to, to present. And, sure. Um, and, how to be but lit. sometimes, you know, they're, but sometimes that they, they could be less, um, uh, they could be a lot uh, less giving with their time also. Like, okay, let's just get this done because they're used to working you know, pretty quickly. Sure. And sure. if you want to try to be a little more creative or a little more artistic, it's like, oh, let's just not waste time with that. Let's just get this done and move on. <laughs> time. Because yeah, it's, 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 it's their job, you know. It's funny, we were talking about the Big Lebowski. Here I was anyway, and I just heard it. It was an old podcast, uh, the B&H podcast, where they interviewed Jeff Bridges, and he talked about how he, you know, he photographs on the set. Um, yeah. And uh, he's, he's very talented, I think. And uh, so it was pretty interesting how he talks about how he approaches his peers and is able to photograph them, you know, obviously not while they're in the middle of working, but pretty interesting story. Yeah, he has at least one book, uh, one book out. Yes, I think he has two now. I uh, when I the podcast was from like a year or so ago, and he just released a, a second book. And he shoots with one of these those really wide film cameras. What's it called? A view. Oh view yeah, Sonic? something Lux, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
view locks. And it's like really wide. It's like three or four frames wide. That's how he shoots with. Mm. Funny. Ah. Uh, yeah, you know, another movie you talk about relates to today. I'm getting way off topic here, but um, it's Idiocracy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was a prophecy. That movie was a prophecy. <laughs> it sure was, wasn't it? Yeah, As absolutely. was Max Headroom, but you know, that's another subject. Ah. But you know, I keep yeah. telling my wife about it. every time something happens, I go, "That was in an idiocracy," and she's never seen it. Yeah. You know, and I keep saying, "Come on, let's ah. sit down and watch this film." <laughs> you have to yeah, watch. Yeah. At what this. point is that just going to be? At what point is that just going to be shown in history classes? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So anyway, anybody who's listening, go watch Idiocracy. And then, then don't send me hate mail. Yeah. Depending on where you're from. So, Michael, um, you just have a lot going on. What, what's next? What are, you, what are you working on that's not secret? So, yeah. So, uh, so California Love, a visual mixtape, is my third book. Um, just going back a little bit. So, I did have a book that came out before then, which is a small, in, uh, 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 small run of 250 copies called Folsom Street Food Court, which has, uh, features the Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco. So that was my second book. Um, California Loves my third book. So my fourth book will be uh, on casino culture, which I've been, I've been documenting for over 20 years. And, and I don't gamble, so it's kind of my, my take of not just Las Vegas. It's a lot of Las Vegas, but it's also Reno. And really anywhere I go, if I see a casino, I'll try to run in and, and steal, some, steal some photos uh, until I get kicked out. So I'm, that's, I'm actively working on that. I'm, I'm putting the text together. Um, you know, it is hard, you know, just to find the time to do a lot of this stuff. Uh, COVID, you know, I, I, I wasn't able to go anywhere. So it was, that helped me put the California book together. And now, you know, I'm watching, I'm here in San Diego, hanging out with my niece and nephew. We have an exhibit in San Francisco in September, knock on wood. We'll see what happens with COVID. But as of now, we're, we're planning a show in September. So I'm going to be um, up there a little bit. And then we're hoping to have a, another California Love exhibit in uh, in November, December in Los Angeles at a gallery space. Um, that's probably going to feature Los Angeles Center photography members. So I'm, I'm going to be working on that. And then the photo exhibit that I curate with the Hive Gallery is every March. So at some point I'll switch gears and, and work on that. So between all that, you know, I'm, then I'm going to try to find the time to do my my casino book. Which is pretty much done. All the I have all the images. I have about you know 600 selects, and that, that's taken from thousands of other images. I've narrowed it down to about 600. And I'll keep narrowing it down until I get the greatest hits. And, and and it's not just the greatest hits, but you have to you have to really put the story together. And I really mm -hmm. love the editing process. You know, we talked a little about editing before, but you know, I, I you could get cheap four by six work prints made. You know, Costco, it's like 11 cents a print or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, where you could just throw them on the throw them around, not really worry worry about having them be very precious or really the quality because you know what you know what the images the image is and um if you have uh, a space with like a lot of open table space like i could go i pop into the los angeles center of photography when i can and kind of take over a huge area with a bunch of prints and you walk around and you see how the images pair together and you start to get a feel for how the story unfolds and how you know how images will work the relationships of the images will work on a page and the progression of images and then I work with text a lot, and then you see how the text will work with different images. It's really I, I, that's a really fun process for me. So, so yeah, so that's what I'm working on now, and that one uh, I would like to come out uh, from. I see that coming from a European publisher because it's almost critical of American consumerism. 
So mm-hmm. once I have a demo for that, then I'll be you know, looking for a publisher for that. And But really, I have like five other book projects. I, I was constantly documenting you know, my 20s and 30s. So I have two walls of just of negatives that I, uh, in 2019, was lucky enough wow. to find someone downtown LA who was very reasonable, reasonable price. So I, I had thousands of roles scanned. So I'm sitting on all that work. So I could do a book on, on the 90s. I could do an American Bachelor Part Two. Um, you know, with with a lot of the stuff that I just kind of got lost through the cracks, you know, when when I was fully analog. Now that I'm digital, it's, it's just so much easier to organize all your all your work. And um, so I, I those projects and and like three or four other kind of concepts uh, that I'm working on. I, I kind of struggle thinking about whether trying to decide if I'm a documentary photographer or a kind of quote fine art photographer. I really like finding things to, to, to document or finding subjects versus creating something in my head and then, and then executing it. Although I've done that before. I have a lot of ideas that I have you know, notes for that I would like to just go out and execute. But, uh, but then I'm wondering if, um, you know, how that kind of fits into my other work. Uh, but again, I have so much work already, already done because I, just, I just have been creating for 20, 30 years now. So I have all this work that's like ready to go. So yeah, I, uh, more books, uh, more books. A uh, lot Doc- more books next few Documentary, years. Documentary, fine art. Why can't you be both? Well, you know, a lot of document. Yeah, it, it kind of is the same thing. If uh, you know, if it's a, if it's in a gallery, it's fine art. Documentary, but I, I not. I don't know if doc. Maybe it's more of a documentary versus narrative would be the the dichotomy. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I have a lot of concepts that I come up with, but again, time like. Uh, been working on this casino book for years. It's just finding the time to do it. It was going to be my third book, but then the idea for the California Love happened, and uh, and it, yeah, it worked out great. So yeah, so casino, and then and then we'll see what happens. We'll see what what I select after that. So, can you get away with photographing in casinos? Uh, yeah, that's more of a legal question. Uh, <laughs> uh, anybody could sue anybody. The Supreme Court, you know. Um, you know, said that when you're in a public space, you're you're giving up that right. Uh, is yeah. a casino a public space? Anybody could go there, even though it's privately owned. Uh, yeah, I mean, also, uh, just yeah, I mean, just walking in and shooting. Does, does anybody ever stop you, or it's like you know, it's a tourist spot and people photograph all the time? You know, in general, I, I've been even in the street. I've I've been. Uh, Oh, I've been I've been like attacked a couple times. <laughs> I oh, mean, really? nothing that violently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've also Ooh. done Krav Maga for twenty years, so I'm able to kind of avoid a lot of confrontation. But it's been yeah, it's things have gotten kind of sticky. Um, but you know, you see a shot, you just go for it, and then you know, and then worry about it later. Too far. Well, sometimes it's sometimes you just have to escape quickly. <laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, no. I mean, any, it's just shooting in the street in general. But but I do find that people now. I almost feel like it was it was easier to take photos of strangers pre-social media. Now people are really aware of having uh-huh. a photo taken. Maybe yeah, in the past they thought, oh, you know, where's this going to end up? Whereas now they are thinking of where it's going to end up. People, no one really wants to be embarrassed or look bad. Or, or now everyone's so sp- suspicious of who are you? Why are you taking sure. my photo? Some people get violent really easily now. Things are really heated. So it it is a different landscape now. I am more aware uh, and more cautious before I take someone's photo, you know, than I was in the past. I I used to just be a lot more fearless. I wouldn't say that I shoot with fear now, but I, I'm just more more aware of of uh, repercussions. 
Yeah. When you um, going back to your your editing process, do you have anybody to help you? Are you getting advice from anyone, or is is it just all you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, well, even like with the casino, or, sorry, with the California book, which is not my own work, but it was a huge editing you know process. And um, yeah, absolutely, with my own work, I, I think you have to really put the work in yourself. So I spend a lot of time editing on my own before I'll, I'll present it to other people. And then absolutely, mm -hmm. you have to be careful about who you get feedback from. You want to make sure that you like their oh, taste. Yeah. Um, not just, not, don't just pick someone who's a, who's well-known or successful. You have to really like their taste because they're, they're going to pick based on their taste and that might not be yeah. what's best for your taste. So yeah, that, that, that's something that's very important, but I, absolutely. Don't pick yeah, your no, mom I, either. I, I couldn't have done anything on my own. <laughs> Talk to a lot of people who publish and most of them say they have one or two people that they listen to, keep it at that. Yeah. Yeah. The dialectic process, debating over things. I think it really sharpens it. If it's just yeah. one, if it's just you, you get lost kind of going in your own head a little bit. Yeah. And then it's all your own taste and you don't know what anybody else is thinking. Everything I curate is handpicked by me, but, uh, but ultimately, yeah, but I'm, 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 it's, 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 but I'm listening to other people. Well, before we wrap up, I do have a question. It's been on my mind since I saw your work in the uh, LACP show, and that's your photo that uh, that I chose for second place. And we are definitely going to have it in the article. It's a photo of a little girl, and I, there's like somebody behind her. It's it's ghostly, you know. And I've looked at your other work. It's ghostly. It's beautiful. It's black and white. You do lots of color. She sort of has her hand on the window. She looks like a ghost or looks like the woman behind her is a, is a ghost and she's real. I mean, I, was, I, I went back and forth on this photo many times. I just kept coming back and looking at it and looking at it. And, uh, you know, as I said, um, you know, sort of the final photos that I choose are like, does it make me feel something? And that one certainly did. And I just wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that photograph and people can go back and, and look in, in the website in the show notes and see it. But, you know, how, how did that happen? Yeah, uh, that was in Amsterdam. And that's, you know, an example as a street photographer, you know, you just got to buy the ticket, take the ride, grab your camera, just go out. I, um, I just got on a bicycle and just rode outside, you know, just kind of was just went out for the day with my camera. And I happened to see a window of a, of, of a house and there was a, the window was kind of fogged over, but uh, there was a little area that the woman had kind of, the girl had cleared where you could see her face and behind her was her brother. And, uh, you know, I, I shoot with a, what I call the, my documentary lens. It's a 28 to, to 300 Tamron. Uh, well, now it's an icon at the time it was Tamron um, mm -hmm. lens. So, so I'm, I'm able to, you're able to get a lot. You could get wide when you're close and you could get tight when you're, when you're far away which is really great. So um, yeah, one of those moments where, you know, you just got, as a street photographer, you just got to be, you just got to be out there because you never know when it's going to happen. That's not something I could have ever predicted or planned or, 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 or made happen on my own. It was just a moment and I happened to be there at the time and, and I was on a bicycle. So I was able to get, get there. It was, if it was in my car, by the time I stopped and got out, may have been too, sure. may have been too late, you know, and if it was just on foot, you know, I wouldn't have been able to cover as much ground. So it, it was one of those things that just, just, just happened. And you know, it's, it's tricky too, you know, I'll, I'll be honest as a guy, um, you know, photographing children, people automatically assume that you have, you know, dirty thoughts, which is kind of, 
unfortunate. Again, going back to my mm-hmm. favorite Jeez. Cartier-Bresson that inspired me to, to pursue photography. It's of a boy that he shot on the street. You know, what, what if the father would have came and punched him and ripped the camera, ripped the, ripped the film out because of, because of he watched all, you know, because he was watching all these like 48 hours specials about <laughs> children being abducted, you know, back yeah. then, that didn't happen back then, or we wouldn't yeah. have had that image, you know, but now it's, it's really hard for people. That's an advantage that women photographers have, you know, is, mm-hmm. is they, they're not a suspect of being, yeah. you know, <laughs> having deep, being a deviant, uh, the way that, you know, guys are, you know, and. I'm not wearing a hoodie and, you know, I don't think I'm that, <laughs> I'm that suspicious looking necessarily, but, but, but that is a factor now when, when you, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're documenting. So um, yeah, but uh, that, yeah, again, it was one, and that was, that's 35 millimeter film. So I happened to have black and white in the camera at the time. Had I had color, mm-hmm. it would have been a color image. Now, you know, digital, you know, when I'm shooting, when you shoot, when one shoots digital, you know, you could decide that later, you know, unless you have a monochrome digital, but uh, you know, for the most part, you know, people will shoot color and then, and then change it in post. But that is, you know, that is something with film where you had to, you had to kind of commit, you know, that is when you're shooting film, you do have to commit ahead of time. Am I going to black and white or color? Easy choice. Thanks for selecting that. I love that image. Uh, I love it too. (laughs) I love it too. I'm I'm glad you submitted it. So uh, I guess, yeah, one more thing. Uh, You're obviously a veteran of, in the publishing world, um, many people want to publish. Uh, just any, any words of wisdom that you can share with street photographers who want to get their work out there in print? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think with anything, I think if you're a musician, uh, you want to listen to a lot of music. If you're a painter, look at a lot of painting. And if you want to make a photo book, look at a lot of photo books. I, I, I've been collecting photo books for, for, for a long time now. Uh, I have a lot of photo books myself. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very picky about what I buy. Um, uh, a lot of times st- stuff is out of print. So you could go to libraries or a great resource. Libraries will have photo out of print uh, photo books that are unavailable or are inaccess- unaccessible on Amazon um, for, for, for an affordable price. You know, a lot of books, once they're out of print are in the hundreds on Amazon, it's uh, not easily obtainable to everybody, especially if you haven't seen the book, you know, just take, 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 want to take the chance to buy it. So look, look at a lot of photo books and really get a sense of what you like, the size um, how many pages you want it to be. Um, you know, the, the, the sequencing is very important, the editing. Um, and, you know, great people have done it before you. So look at what they've done and feel free to co- copy, you know, that format. Um, I like a square format myself. Uh, my, I got this book called Kataj by Lee Friedlander. And I, it just felt so good in my hands. So I just copied that size for my, my first book, American Bachelor. And California Love is, is is similar size. It's a lot thicker, um, but um, but yeah, I would say just really do your research and start um, start making your book. You don't. You, there are a lot of great classes you could take at at LACP and other organizations where you could uh, have someone who's who's done it before help guide you through. Um, but it's really something that anybody could do on their own. Uh, but you start to put the work in, then start showing it to people, uh, and. Um, and it, it, it will take a while. Everything of great value always ends up taking a lot more time, costing a lot more money than you plan. So, so kind of you know, manage your expectations on that level. But, but I highly recommend it. It's, it's very fulfilling. I, I, I love making books. I plan to do a lot more. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, talking again in the future with, uh, with, an, with another book one of these days. Okay, so if somebody came to you and said, all right, all these photo books, 
you got to get rid of every one of them, but you can keep one. What's that one book? <laughs> uh, impossible. Impossible. That's, uh, that's, I can't <laughs> <Okay>. do it. <laughs> I couldn't either. All right, Michael. So tell us where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on most social media platforms at, at Full On Rad. Uh, it's a lot easier to spell than my name. Full On Rad on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Um, and uh, I have a website, which is my name, uh, Michael Rababi, R-A-B-A-B-Y. And um, the California Love Book is available throughout California, but it's also available on Amazon. But if you don't want to um, necessarily support Amazon, there are a couple bookstores that I'll, I'll send you links to. Um, uh, there's Hennessy and Ingalls and, and Arcana Books of the Arts in, in Los Angeles, which which you could buy the book for the same price directly through them, and they'll 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 um, they'll, they'll get the profits. So, yeah, please um, do. Yeah, which would be great. Yeah. Um, please support independent bookstores. They've been they've taken a huge hit over COVID. Uh, Amazon had already done a lot um, to disrupt the, the the bookstores, you know, with, with publishing and bookstores, and then COVID really really hurt them as well. So yeah, anything yeah. you can do to help indie bookstores, uh, please do. Excellent and, um, point. Yeah, and and thanks for having me, man. This has been great. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. Music